Ours is Sefiri is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode 39 of Our Sister Fury. The Ottawa Fury FC just beat Indy 11 in a late goal, so everyone is excited, including Ryan. Well, it's like a few days later, but yeah, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm not and, still excited. And Blogsmith? I'm still pumped. <laughs> so am I. I don't know what Ryan's talking about. He's not a true fan, apparently. Nope. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, how everything unfolded. So in terms of the lineup, um, not too many surprises. The 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 biggest change was uh, Haworth up front instead of Heinemann, who had a bit of a knock, but came in later in the second half. Other than that, it was Pizer in goal as usual, Trafford as left back again, and then Falvi, Alves as our two regular center backs, Ryan Richter, a usual right back, and then we had Ubi. Becky and De Guzman starting up uh, as the midfielders and we had Paul Trinieri on the left wing and Paulo Jr. on the right which is weird, right? Isn't he usually on the left, Paulo Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But sometimes they switch it up so it's not completely abnormal. Yeah. Where did he play in the academy game that we watched last week? Paulo, he played on the left. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Oliver was on the right. So when did Oliver get injured? In practice and training. Do we I, know how long he's out for? I don't, but it sounds like it's going to be a while. Um, officially in the paper it said spring season. Well, so he's out. spring so season, at least three, three weeks. more games. Yeah, three weeks at least. So. Plus a month maybe. Who knows? Well, this game was a complete snooze fest, let's be honest. Like, did anything happen in the first half? I thought it was some high-caliber uh, entertaining soccer, John. I don't know what came here. Well, let me read some statistics here. So, dangerous attacks, zero, zero on each <laughs> side. Okay, well, there are two shots from Indy all game. Uh, I think we had, what, three shots? Were they shots or were they passes that made it to the net? <laughs> yeah, or close to it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there wasn't... What I was saying uh, to someone on the weekend was they didn't, they didn't take any chances. Like, neither team. They're just like, kick it to where you're supposed to kick it to. You know, like, the only play that anyone did anything a little bit dangerous was when Ubi Perepovic, like, walked it into the box and actually fought a little bit. But as soon as anyone came under any pressure, they'd pass it off. It was really, really dull. Like, really yeah, dull. but like we were talking off air earlier, that goal that we scored in the 88th minute, uh, which was a nice strike by Nikki Patterson, that was all Ubi. Mm-hmm. Like, for one, someone, like, uh, went um, with a little will into the box and drove it down, and then, then he lost the ball, but he fought really hard, so they, like, it rebounded off of him, off of a clearance, and then Nicky Patterson happened to be completely open. Yeah, one time in the net, just complete Ubi. Yeah. But, I, but between that and I remember Paolo Jr.'s shot that he took, that it was just a little bit... A little bit wide. Those are the only two attempts on that on either team that I actually remember. I don't know. I'm during the game. I was thinking, poor indie fans. The same thing I thought last year when we saw them when Indy came to town. I got a feel for those guys. They show up to support that team, and that team is not fun to watch. No, they have one win so far this season. Wow. 
And did they do much to improve in the off season? Like I know they changed a few players. They signed a hunter and then... no, they pretty much stayed the same. Wow. I mean, they got better last year in the in the fall, but as the season went on, or did everyone else get worse? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're still relying on the same guys. Uh, an important uh, talking point I, I just mentioned earlier in the lineup was that we finally saw Hayworth uh, or Harworth in the out-and-out striker role. H- how did you guys think he fared? Uh, not too great. I thought, I thought he would, uh, you know, take take the opportunity that he was given in this game to, you know, prove that he could play that role. But he just, I don't remember really anything positive he, he did for the game. And I was really excited, like when I saw the lineup and Haworth was like starting as an outright striker, but the kind of service he was getting, if when he did get it, he barely ever got it, but it would be like way over his head, yeah, like not even close, like not good service at all. And then he was playing out of position; he was all over the place. Yeah, he was like very often he was like in our own half and like deep in our own half trying to win balls like at the corner <laughs> flag and stuff. I was like, what are you doing? You're the man? striker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not a wing back. <laughs> like, go up there. So, yeah, that, that experiment didn't work out as well as I guess we'd hoped. Um, but that doesn't mean that it can't work in the future. It just happened to be one of those games where it would have been difficult for any striker because there just was no service, like you said. Um, and then Heinemann came on in the second half and, and um, got into that position again. And then I guess Haworth moved onto the uh, left wing. He had some energy right off the start, Heinemann. The mm. first five ten minutes, yeah, he looked he actually look, kind of looked like something was going to happen. Yeah, he's running at defenders, and yeah, he looked like he was actually ready to play. Yeah, another nice thing that happened is um, we don't really have to talk about the referee. I feel like this is like the first time ever that we don't have to. Yeah, I don't remember a call really on either side. There is couple things but it was like it's minor like there was a one tackle with a guy who like acted like he was dead and, and then he showed the replay and no one actually even touched him he just jumped <laughs> yeah but that's not the referee's fault no but the referee <laughs> called it I think we got a card on that play right yeah. and, he, and he, it was all ball didn't even touch the player like nothing touched the player the player just jumped up in the air and then fell to the ground but yeah, yeah besides that yeah and then another substitution was uh, Nicky Patterson uh, came in the 61st minute for Drew Becky, who did, I thought did a decent job again in that position. And obviously it was a good move because uh, he ended up scoring. And Richie Ryan also came back on, who's finally back from injury. Um, would have been interesting to see the Guzman and Ryan next to each other, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait uh, at least one more match day until we see that. Yeah, Ryan's injured again. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Like, since the game? Yeah. Wow. What does he have now? I'm not sure. From what I gather, it's not the same injury, so it's not a re-aggravation. Okay. Maybe they could put him in one of those bubble soccer things during practice. (laughs) Should we mention just how horrible a year it's been for injuries? Like, I remember last year was pretty bad, but as soon as those guys came back, they were back. This year... Ryan has played probably not a half. He's played two, came on for subs twice. He's been injured like two or three different times. Heinemann's been injured on and off. Paulo Jr.'s been injured on and off. Oliver's been injured on and off. Wiedemann's injured. Yeah. And uh, Davies is still injured. Randolph. So is it bad management? Are they training too hard? Is it because our squad's not big enough? 
Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. But, you know, it's I think it's kind of reaching a point where it's not a coincidence anymore that there's actually something wrong that's going on. Whether what that is, I have no idea. But They're hurting each other on purpose and practice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is either. Um, let's talk about the attendance. So we had it was family day, so it was packed with little children and stuff. Um, we had five thousand two hundred and forty-five, which is better from the week before or the well the last home game, but ideally would like to see six thousand or more, right? Yeah, well we're never happy. We won't <laughs> be happy until it's twenty-four thousand. Okay? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, the weather was a lot better. Like, that's the first time we had good weather for a yeah. game day. Usually it's been like, oh, is it going to rain? And everything, the skies are dark. Or it's like three degrees like it was that one day. So It almost rained. Yeah. There was a time when yeah, it was going to get soaked. But yeah, a couple of times passed. But it wasn't drops. like doomy like the other games. So that helps with attendance. And, and attendance was up all around the league this week. Every market. I read somewhere that, that viewing the games is up like 350% or something. Where did you read that, John? It may have been an article that you linked to in our <laughs> WhatsApp group, to be yeah. specific. No, it was in uh, Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah, Bloomberg was talking a bit of the financials of uh, the NASL. But who knows what, 350% of 20 people is not really that much. Yeah. Well, it's also mo- removed the barrier of, of a paid subscription service, mm-hmm. and then you have everyone else that doesn't want to pay. Right. Yeah, now we have the geo-blocking issue, though, where we can't watch the games in Canada. Yeah. Because I really love my Fort Lauderdale Strikers. <laughs> we knew it! <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, unless you guys have anything else to add, that pretty much sums up the day, the game. Not a lot of uh, things happening, but we came away with a win, which is great. Um, I guess now we're in eighth place. But we're, like, the league is tight. We're... Yeah. Uh, I don't have the table in front of me, but we're not too far away from the playoff spots. Yeah, no, we're two points off, I believe. Jacksonville's holding down that fourth spot. Yeah, we're sitting at eight points. The playoff spot's ten points. Uh, third is 12 points. Second is 12 points. So there's three games left. So John said it will never happen because he doesn't believe in this team. <laughs> but it's possible that we could finish second, which, yeah, we know probably won't happen to road wins, but... Like, it's a possibility. That's crazy. If I told you that a week ago or two weeks ago, you'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Well, one thing is promising is that our defense has been pretty solid lately, and we've only let in eight goals um, so far in, in seven matches, which is a really good record. In fact, only Tampa Bay Rowdies has let in less goals. They only let in six goals. The only problem that we've discussed every freaking podcast is that we don't score enough. We've only scored five goals. That's by far the lowest in the league. Yeah, we don't have we don't have that guy that can just, you know, we saw that Ibarra goal this week. Yeah, check it out in the NASL plays of the week. Like, that is some cool finishing. We'd, if we had a guy like that, that we, yeah, he would have five goals alone. He decides to just, like, tug it in the corner, just places it from 20 yards out. It's like, what? Yeah, no one can do that in our team. Should we go through the uh, Borthwick Stone, Too Many Beaver Tales? Yes, so this is uh, our uh, fairly new thing that we do on Twitter these days. Um, Blocksmith, can you explain to the listeners who don't know what this is all about? So uh, every week, I guess we're starting now, the... 
you can nominate a Warthrick Stone nominee, which is like your MVP, or your Too Many Beaver Tails, which is kind of like your, uh, your goat or your player that should have done better. How many beaver tails is too many beaver tails? I would say not like, enough. I would, I would say like one beaver tail is too many beaver tails. Like, when I moved here. I tried. I'm like, oh, this sounds great. That's beaver tail. I had one. I was like, Will you guys eat this stuff? Did you have a lemon one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> I took my dad to have a beaver tail, and he got like one with a butter on it. <laughs> like, that's like this is not the salty thing. <laughs> but he was adamant. He was like, I'm not putting no Nutella on there. That's how he talks. I'll tell you that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up in the South. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Alex Schieferdecker, who's at the Chief on Twitter, he's giving the uh, Borthwick Stone to the fans for sitting through that and still being alert enough to celebrate the goal. Was a snoozer. <laughs> yeah, we weren't sitting, we're standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least we were. Most of them, I guess, were sitting. And the next one? I'll do the next one. Uh, James Bridges says... Uh, he gives a Berthwick Stone to his favorite player, Nikki Patterson. Is the MVP of the spring season or what? Too many beaver tails to the Pultronary. I don't know. I, he wasn't really noticeable, and then he got subbed off. So. Well, he was on the yellow, and like he, I guess um, he needed to put Heinemann on, didn't want to take Howarth off, so he just sort of sacrificed him. I didn't think he had a bad game. Like Nothing, nothing noteworthy, but not terrible. No. He didn't pass back to his own keeper in the box or anything. Yeah, which is also an NASL play of the week, if you want to check that out. Uh, and then Theo Gautier, who is at Mimglo on Twitter, and uh, also the creator of this whole. Yeah, isn't it like, him you're tweeting at when you tweet the Beaver Tales? No, he uses our account. Yeah, but it's him using our account, right? I guess so, yes, oh, but no one cool. knows that. Oh, that's a know? secret. I gave away a secret. <laughs> um, and he says, Alvis... No chance for victory without his game-saving tackles. And then the too many beaver tails to Harworth. Stone? Hashtag stone feet. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> He's never seen me play soccer. <laughs> so what, do you, what about Alvis? Do you guys think he had such a great game? I thought he was good. Yeah. Yeah. How many goals did he score? Zero. Well, well <laughs> that's all Pizer. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those games where it's kind of hard to pick pick an MVP or Borthwick Stone. Yeah. And a, like, everyone just kind of played average. Like, even Patterson scored the goal, but he was on for, like, 20 minutes. Just came to him and put it in. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't give him the MVP just for that. What if it was the World Cup winning goal? Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> we beat Indiana. <laughs> I think he was outside the box, which was nice that we score a goal from outside the box. Well, yeah. Top of the box. Definitely. Well, he said in post-match interview that he, he, when he was on the bench, he said, like, if he gets an opportunity to strike the ball, he's just going to do it. Like, he's just going to, you know, thrash one in, and that's exactly what he did. Well, they definitely need more of that. There's very, very tentative shooting a ball from distance, it seems. They just kind of want to make it perfect. They want to do that. Ottawa Senators, like five years ago, we have to score the perfect goal. 15 passes. Yeah. Yeah. Or they try to walk it in the net. I know it's like the Fury, they always try to like walk the ball right into the box and score from like five feet out. It's like, just shoot. (laughs) Like Minnesota, half their goals come from outside Mm. the box. John's like, yeah, sure. I'll, I guess I'll it's time you. to take a break because my brain's empty. <laughs> and uh, after that, we'll uh, look at some listener questions. And uh, we have all 
whole bunch of other good stuff for you. You can find us on Twitter at Ottawa Fury or email us at OursIsTheFuryPodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, guys. So let's take a look at our listener questions. Um, before we do that, just want to thank everyone for, for tweeting us questions at Ottawa Fury. Don't forget, we do have a Facebook group, Ours is the Fury Podcast. And we have an email address, ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. So every feedback and comments are welcome. And, uh, you know, you may make it on the show, just like Andrew McVicker did this week, who was at Drew in Ottawa. And he says... If we if we need to release an international to make room for the Italian striker, who's it going to be? I fear Oliver, as he has the most value. Well, I would say, Andrew, fear not, because we're not going to sign this Italian striker. So who is the Italian striker? Should I not ask? He has an Italian <laughs> name. He's 36. Hasn't scored in two years. He had one cap for Italy way back when. Okay. But so he's been training with the team, and is he still training with the team? I was talking to... S- I believe so, but... Okay, I was talking to someone who works with the team, and he said he found out about this player through the press. <laughs> so it's not like it's... I don't know, I, I think he is just training. Um, one of the players said that uh, Ottawa has some of the best training facilities, and they're one of the few clubs that actually lets players come and train with them. So we shouldn't get too excited whenever... Yeah, that that player in question, I think he was staying in Montreal. And yeah. He happened to hear about Ottawa, and yeah. his agent asked if he could train. Yeah. So it wasn't the Fury going out looking for someone. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard the impact. I've heard TFC. They do they do not let any outsiders train with the team, at all, and the Fury are pretty open. They've had quite a few. Well, I've known of at least one player that play, that trained with TFC just as a fit. Right. Was it a player that was in the EPL or maybe moved? No, to it was the... straight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer, <laughs> it's like yeah. fuck you, John. Yeah. <laughs> but to answer Andrew's question, um, so if we were done, I I think all I think Andrew's right. Oliver does have the most uh, value. Like he'd probably be the first transfer out. I don't. Uh, I think I think it'd be a hard sell. I think he. I think he has the most value. He's still really young and he's, he's very good, but now he's injury prone. Who are you really going to find to actually pay money for a transfer? I mean, I think, honestly, he's probably he's improved so much this year, but I think I'd still have to say that Patterson would be the first one. Patterson would be the first one. But he... I heard he wasn't an international. We had this discussion before, because yeah. he went to uh, University of Las Vegas. Yeah, he's still international. So he still counts as an international? Yep. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's our next question? The next uh, comment is from Vince Clortho, who's never uh, had any questions for us Ooh, before. I love new people. Um, so thank you for your comment. Um, he's at NPNTHR. And he says, isn't it inevitable, inevitable, I can't pronounce this word. Isn't it inevitable <laughs> that our nickname becomes the Furies? No. The Furries. No, well, aren't we a whole uh, no. uh, furry community? 
Isn't that why I'm wearing a tail right now? There's some things we don't talk about, John. <laughs> I would say Vince is about two years late on that. <laughs> on that joke? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, a prediction. Hmm. I have a feeling this person actually doesn't listen to the oh. Audible Fury podcast. Well, we'll find out next week. <laughs> if he does or not, right? <laughs> And then Darren in Ottawa, who's at Darren in Ottawa, <laughs> he says, what are the Fury's chances of getting into the final three playoff spots? I assume he's meaning that New York is running away with the spring. Yeah, I mean, mathematically, they haven't clinched it yet, but they will most likely win it. Um, the chances aren't that bad, but they do require us to get at least, I'd say, seven points out of the next three games to be up there. If not nine out of nine, I mean, oh, to get get in the final, to get in the, the top, th- the top, top four, top four. Yeah, we're only two points out right now, but it just depends who wins. If it keeps up like this, I'd say we'd only need six points to get in the top four, and nine would probably guarantee it. Yeah, but I think you means at the end of the year. Yeah, at the end of the year, no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we're we're this beat up and. Uh, Unless we get some, like we sign a few players. Well, don't forget, we do have that long summer break, though. No, you have this many injuries early on, and uh, it's not looking good. And teams just get better as the year goes on, and we're going to get better as the year goes on, but everyone else gets better too, right? Yeah, I'm just worried that the Fury come out of the fall season like they came out last year in the fall season. That was horrible. It was terrible. It was a... dire times but we gotta be more optimistic cause you know oh they're definitely gonna win them <laughs> good good job Lester. can't say anything bad about <laughs> the team in the same city as you <laughs> no we gotta be realistic it's it's I don't see them being a fourth I see them may, like fifth sixth maybe yeah but I would not put what is what is kind of you know optimistic looking is that yeah New York's running away with it but New York and only New York is running away with it. Minnesota just started, isn't. Started getting. They might out. be able to later. San Antonio blows, which is bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> what happened there? And then every other team is just playing one goal games or tie games, and it's really really tight. So if that continues in the fall season, I think our playoff run gets a little deeper than it did last year, or a little longer in the season than it did last year. But it's still gonna be really really tough yeah I, t- I just don't see it like you're seeing the teams that are good and you can see who's running away with it now like Minnesota's coming now everyone else is coming now so why don't we have a look at what happened in the rest of the league this weekend the New York Cosmos uh, beat San Antonio 3-0 in front of 5,302 people um, do you think that was the real attendance well they, they tend to lie on those things and like on the highlights the bleachers look Pretty empty, I gotta say. I don't believe anything that the Cosmos say anymore. <laughs> no. Because we were at that game and there's nowhere close to the number they said. One thing that might be noteworthy is that Raul won uh, NESL Player of the Week. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's possible that New York Cosmos will face uh, New York City FC in the US Open Cup. That would be highly entertaining. What's also amazing is the most surprising result of the weekend, which was Fort Lauderdale losing 0-1 at home to Carolina. Yeah, Carolina wins on the road. Uh, maybe it's because they're losing at home now. They're starting to win on the road. I don't know. 
But who got the goal? But Shipolani. Yep. And Mr. Everything for Carolina. If if you're listening, uh, Ty, Ottawa's a really nice city. It's beautiful this time of year. The people are so friendly and welcoming. We just had a tulip festival. A tulip festival? You don't say. It's a festival of tulips. Nice. It's great. What was the other game, John? Um, <laughs> Minnesota beat Jacksonville 3-2. to two. Lots of goals in this one in front of 9,000 fans, which is a great uh, attendance. Was that in Jacksonville or Minnesota? No, that, this is in Minnesota. Oh, good. I, like, you expect that for Jacksonville. Minnesota, that's even better, so. Yep. And that Obara strike we talked about earlier. Yes, yeah. beautiful goal. Yeah, he's probably the best player in the league, right, Ryan? I, I think he is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stand by that. Ibarra is the best player in the league. Yeah. Yeah, and I hate the U.S. national teams. <laughs> well, at least the U.S. coach will put NASL players in their line, in, in the lineup of his national team. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should see Julian de Guzman soon. Yeah, maybe. And the last game? Or Trafford or two. <laughs> the last and highest scoring game? Uh, some team from Edmonton. Hmm. Yeah, they beat Atlanta 4-2. to two, And that was in front of 3,500 fans at Clark Stadium, which is not bad for them. That's not a bad number. Yeah. I believe, uh, I think Steven Sanders said it was one of the top uh, attended games. In Edmonton, yeah. Which uh, is, you know... Sad. Yeah, sad, but... But optimistic is... <laughs> also, they continue. Yeah, there's... Weren't almost all the goals scored in the second half? Yeah, four of the five. Lance Lang, I think Lance Lang had this really nice free kick. Well, you mean five of the six? Yeah. yeah. Lance Lang free kick, yeah, that's yeah. also in the NASL plays of the week. Yeah, but it's kind of... It won't win because there's no good replay of it. Oh. There's like, it's, it cuts halfway through. <laughs> and there's no... Can't really see it that well. But I think Lance Lang is the best name. Is the best player in the NASL. Oh, okay. John, who do you think the best player in the NASL is? But did we even know who Lance Lang was last year? Yeah, the end of the year we did. <laughs> yeah. Starting, maybe not. But. I'm kind of, I have to kind of feel what Tim is saying. But I'm sticking by Ibarra, but yeah, Lang. Uh, clearly it's Adrian Can. Adrian Can. Is he back, by the way? He's coming back soon. But no, John, no. <laughs> it's not Adrian Can. Okay, it's Christian Nicht. No, the indie goalkeeper. I, I talking about Christian Nish, the goalkeeper. Like, it was kind of odd how he like didn't even make a move or anything. Eh? When Patterson struck it, like he's just standing there. He doesn't even bother. Maybe he was having flashbacks of because he's back in the area and he's like, <laughs> "Am I playing Champions League final? Am I playing Club America or am I playing Ottawa Fury?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a lot of parallels with Club America. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of NASL games will be in action. The U.S. Open Cup. Uh, should we run through the, the the matches? Yeah, one I think Tim's probably excited about is uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies playing the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And this, all these games are happening Wednesday night, which is today probably if you're li- downloaded the podcast right away. And uh, these are on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So almost YouTube. all are on YouTube. And why would Blocksmith be excited about that, Ryan? Well, because his favorite Ottawa Fury player. Ex Ottawa Fury. Oh, he doesn't. Oh. <laughs> Vinny Dantes plays for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Although I did read a blog article of a guy in Pittsburgh wrote and said that Vinny was doing really poorly. You, you got his name and home address. <laughs> yeah, he's, I deleted him off the internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> deleted him off. Earth, you know. Should we do predictions? 
No. Oh, yeah, it's because you don't know half the teams, right? <laughs> well, I don't know how Jersey Express is going to do against New York oh, Cosmos. They're going to lose. They're a PDL team playing the New York Cosmos. Yeah, so Jersey Express are playing uh, the New York Cosmos in New York. Um, Minnesota is traveling down to St. Louis, and I heard a lot of the Minnesota fans are going down for that. And it's exciting, pro soccer back in St. Louis. And hopefully uh, it does well. Um, and Louisville, Louisville City and Indy 11, I picked Louisville. Just because I just saw Indy 11, and I think John's Friday night soccer team could be <laughs> Indy 11. Yeah, but we're really freaking good. And we have Mustafa from the Bytown Boys as right back. So. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, well, he, he broke my foot last season. <laughs> I'm come yeah, he's vicious. <laughs> he's awesome. Okay, so Charleston is hosting uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. So Nikki Patterson's old team. And uh, Charlotte is traveling to Carolina, so they're on lose because no one wins in Carolina. And Carolina's... No, Carolina is traveling to Charlotte. You sure? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and the Silverbacks are going to Chattanooga to play an NPSL team. So, yeah, Silverbacks. And Jacksonville's playing the Kickers in Richmond. And this is the game that a lot of people are excited about. Uh, The Austin Aztecs are back in the USL, and they're playing the San Antonio Scorpions. Yeah, you got it right. I got it wrong. Charlotte is playing in Carolina. No, it's okay. <laughs> Did you guys see the the pictures yes today of the Aztec Stadium being just completely flooded? Oh, shut up! Really? Like you could see the top of like. Oh the, yeah, all the storms and yeah. st- on the south in Texas. Huh. Well, good thing they're playing on the road this week. Hopefully, they get that sorted out. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break, and uh, then we'll preview the FC Edmonton game. And uh, we'll also talk about our experience at the Fury Academy matches. You're listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. And the biggest news of them all was the NESL expansion news, which we all love. And what was that exactly, Tim? Uh, it was announced that, uh, surprisingly, that Miami FC will join the NASL next next year. And it's uh, kind of co-owned by Ricardo Silva, who no one knows about, and Paolo Maldini, who's a big uh, Italian and AC Milan defender. Yeah, so that'll be the fourth team in Florida. So that means a quarter of... No... How many teams? A third? A third of all teams will be in Florida. I was reading an a article in The Guardian, a British paper, about how Florida is a soccer hotbed in the United States. And there's over 20 million people there, which is larger than most nations. And, uh, and they only have like four or five professional soccer teams. So I don't know if, if... Let's switch it around and say it was California. Would people complain that there was five teams in California? No, or even Texas. Or Texas, yeah. I don't know. I think at this stage when there's only 12 teams overall and you have four teams from one state, it's kind of odd. Yeah, because it was a state that was being ignored by the other parts, of, like being ignored by Division Three and Division One. So. Well, I'm not really complaining. I mean, if this is a stable ownership group, and it sounds like it is, and it sounds like there's a lot of money behind them. A lot then... of television rights, too. Why is that? Uh, the one owner, that's what... That's a big part of his business, is he buys and sells soccer TV rights. 
Okay, well, that's awesome. It's kind of funny that they're called Miami FC because there used to be a team called Miami, Miami FC and MLS that folded, right? Uh, in MLS, it was the Fusion, but there was a team called uh, Miami FC before in the past. And it'll be interesting to see if they have the same color w- weren't they the Weren't they the Fort Lauderdale Strikers? Yeah. What was the Fort Lauderdale Strikers before? Okay. Oh, in NASL, yeah. They were in Miami FC. Miami FC. Okay. Yeah. But the MLS team was the Fusion, and the, and the other one was Tampa Bay Mutiny. And they mutinied to obscurity. And yeah, but uh, this brings us to now there's enough American teams in the NASL that we can now expand to Canada if we want to. Or Puerto Rico. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and rumors are getting pretty hot about Hamilton right now who are trying really hard to bring a professional team there, and uh, it's quite likely that it might turn out to be NASL. I heard within a month today. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors flying around online, a lot of quote-unquote insiders saying stuff. On the Voyagers forum, there's already people like wanting to form a supporters group. Good. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and... Uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, the game coming up. It's uh, the women's national teams playing uh, England in a friendly. Um, they said in the Hamilton paper yesterday there were 20-some tickets left. And it's a 20-some thousand seat stadium. Oh. So that's great. It's a friendly. Yeah, so, everyone. So it's obviously there's a soccer market there. And there's going to be a lot of uh, unhappy TFC fans too, probably uh, switching over too. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. Well, and uh, we should also talk about our experience at the Fury Academy Games, which were TD Plays last week. So the first match we saw was the PLSQ game against Lakeshore, uh, another team from Montreal. And we we won that 2-1, and it was an interesting game, especially because we got to see a lot of our uh, Fury uh, first-team players. Uh, Oliver was playing, uh, Mischik was playing, Junior... Um, I think that's Maro, it. Maro and yeah, Debelli. Te- yeah, it's Tecchio and Debelli. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and some of the academy players that spent a little bit of time with the first team, too, got to see. Yeah, Jacob Schroeder and Mohamed Tagnogo. Yeah, and I thought the level was quite decent. Uh, it didn't start off so well for the Fury, who uh, had a penalty uh, called against them. They, they went down 1 0, but uh, then Schroeder scored a header. Who's really quite talented and he's fast and uh, seems to finish really well. And uh, then Music scored from a uh, from a free kick that was deflected off the wall. Keeper went the other direction. Um, so in the end, uh, good win for the Fury Academy team. Yeah, they have a bye this week, um, or sorry, they had a bye last week, and they're going to be playing this weekend in uh, Gatineau in Mont Bleu. So it's FC Gatineau against Ottawa Fury. I believe the game's at five o'clock. And if you don't know where Mont Bleu is, it's uh, it's it's just on the pl- plateau uh, on the Gatineau side. Just look it up. You'll you'll find it. Um, there's a bunch of us going to the game. It'll be worth checking out. And there's some other games that happened in the PLSQ this weekend. And this table is tight as well. Like no one's really running. Well, there's no New York Cosmos in this table. So, but there's some good games this week and week four we had a Mount Royal who's, who's a really good team they're based out of downtown Montreal they're, they won 2-1 over Assumption uh, Longueuil played uh, Blainville which is a northern suburb of Montreal for our listeners not from the area uh, 
Longell won three nil, and then FC Gatineau actually beat Lakeshore, who we beat the week before one nil. So it's really tight. Um, pretty good season. We're early on. They do a Quebec Cup. They do a league, and there's a lot of good soccer to come. So if you want to check out the future of the Fury, they're playing uh, this weekend. Yeah, future and the current Fury. Yeah, and hopefully the ones that aren't injured will be playing. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone does get some playing time on Friday, they have a whole week. Maybe they get they get put in that game. So uh, Ryan, if I remember correctly, you even went to the game after that, which was even younger Fury players, right? Yeah, and Blogsmith was there too, and uh, yeah, there's I didn't catch the player's name, but there's a keeper on on the younger squad for the Fury, and he's he stood out. He he was the player of the match easily. He was making saves like I haven't seen. Oh yeah, and he's not even that big. He was just flying all over the place. I think they're fifteen, sixteen years old. These yeah. kids, so yeah, yeah. It's just one volume the player did and. Looked like it was going top corner, and he just kind of dove out of nowhere and knocked it out of the way. It was just incredible. Yeah. And he was loud. He was commanding his back line. He was organized. Yeah. It was but a decent game. I was kind of presently surprised about how how well the game was played. And well, after watching Indy Eleven, this uh, FC Gatineau Fury Academy game this weekend, so it looked like some really good <laughs> soccer. So, yeah. Well, hopefully uh, our game against FC Edmonton will be uh, entertaining and successful, which is the game that we're going to preview now. Only for the third time <laughs> this spring season. because I'm we played so the... sick of you, Edmonton. <laughs> sick of you. Well, they beat us twice, 3-1, 3-1, home and away in the, in the Voyagers Cup. So hopefully we can uh, have some revenge and beat them here at the TD Place. <clears throat> uh, last year, Edmonton was nearly impossible to score on. And now they are leaking goals all all over the place, but they can actually score. So looks like Colin Miller has completely changed the playing style, or the players just do whatever the hell they want now. But it's a totally different FC Edmonton than before. Yeah, they have a crazy goal goal difference differential there. You know, they scored three times as many goals in the NASL season as Ottawa has, but they've let in you know almost twice. It's just yeah, they're just playing like. Super crazy, you know, end to end soccer, and it just kind of works out for them. They're really good on the counter, too, right? Yeah, they're really fast up front. Yeah. So that's something we got to watch for. Um, didn't we ask a question regarding how do we stop FC Edmonton? Yes, that was the question of the week, and we did have some replies, so thanks, guys. One is from Theo Gautier who says, Manmark Lance Lane, play the ball on the ground. And uh, I think Namo mentioned something as well about maybe uh, locking him in the, in the locker room. Yeah. Well, they're more than a one-man team, though. Like, they're, they're actually they're playing quite well as a unit. Um, maybe not defensively, but no. we got to find their kryptonite. we got to figure out what that is. I think it's, I think if Ottawa kind of plays a possession game that they should be playing and kind of control the ball in the midfield and not give up balls to the counter because, you know, Lang on one side and Yassi on the other side and potentially Amiobi in the middle are just arguing and murder you. Yeah, that's a deadly. And, and, and you got guys like Boakai on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's your bench <laughs> guy. So, yeah, not 
I really just don't want to see Eddie Edwards' family cheering again. <laughs> they always bring like the whole family because he's an Ottawa boy playing for FCM, and and uh, I saw them cheer way too many times this spring season. So <laughs> I don't want that want that to happen again. Uh, hurts your feelings, eh, John? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they've gone. Uh, they picked up Matt Van Oakle from Minnesota, who played last year. He, I guess he's not having a good season. It's kind of hard to tell with his team, but they went with the uh, John Smith, who won the NHL Golden Glove Award last year. So I don't know. I I assume that John Smith will get the start on in Ottawa on Friday, but I'm not exactly too sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And what kind of lineup do you think? Like I I say we have to have Ubi Parapovich for sure in the midfield, especially. Yeah, we'll the probably have the Guzman and. Um... I guess uh, we'll have Becky again. I would yeah, imagine. Becky in the middle. Up front, we won't have Oliver. So yeah, have... it's got to be Heineman. There's no alternative. You know, remember when we did Heineman with Haworth like together, like tight together? Yeah, like a four-four-two. Yeah, I think that was worth another try, especially against Edmonton. Yeah, uh, possibly. But we'll see. We we need to uh, we need to attack against Edmonton. We can't. Do this walk the ball into the net stuff. So. Yeah, um, I'd like to see Randolph back at left. I know Trafford's played well, but I think that with the lineup, uh, Edmonton's going to be a uh, bring it out on Friday. I think it'd be nice to have Randolph's speed covering. So I think I think uh, Trafford gets kind of caught up. He's you know he's not the fastest one, and he's playing kind of out of position that he's played well in. But I think. Speed wise, he just can't keep up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know Elvis will probably be out there for mm, sure. Yeah, Falvey, I'm sure will be Falvey, out. Yeah. Richter, and they're pretty much yeah. solid. Yeah. So the game's uh, it's a weird one. Friday night. Yeah, which is great. I mean, yes. it's perfect. I'm gonna basically get bring a two four to work, and right after work. <laughs> <laughs> Right after work, the last three beers that I got left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Friday night, 7 p.m. game. Uh, Lansdowne, that's... Have we had a Friday night game before? No. Not at Lansdowne, no. anyway. We've had Wednesday night games, but never Friday nights. Um, so bring your friends, bring everybody to the stadium. Supporter tickets are still $10. You can get them through the Bytown Boys or through the Stony Monday Riot. Yeah, you can find both those groups on Facebook. Also, uh... A good way to get in touch with them for tickets is uh, on Twitter. So if you want to get in touch with, say, the Bytown Boys, it's at Bytown Boys SC on Twitter. Uh, get in touch with Stony Monday Riot at Stony Monday Riot on Twitter. And uh, to say, I need tickets. And uh, these guys and girls in this group will totally hook you up. And, or, or go to the ticket office and buy your own tickets. Yeah, at that works regular too. price. At regular price. Yeah, cheap bastards. <laughs> Or uh, both groups, uh, the Bytown boys meet down at the Georgetown before the game, show up there, and Stony Monday ride usually at the local and at the rock outside in front of the local. So if you need tickets about a half hour before the game, that's the place to go. Yep, so uh, I have a pretty good feeling about this game. I think it's going to be different than the last game against FCM. So uh, yeah, we'll speak to you after the game and uh, then we can see how wrong we all were. How do you guys feel about it? Good. It's yeah. Friday. Woo. Yeah. Pumped. Pumped. I'm still excited from last game, John. 
Right, that's what you said at the beginning, wasn't it? Uh, it's all coming together. <laughs> all right, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, any final words? Toodles. See you Friday, guys. And you can find us on Twitter at Ottawa Fury. We have a Facebook group, Ours is the Fury Podcast, and we have an email address, which is Ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes. And don't forget to listen to us on Stitcher. That's where I listen to it and all the cool people. And uh, Red Nation Online is where I listen to it, where all the cool people hang out. I just listen to the MP3 file before it gets published. Oh, you like found out about it before everyone else. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week, guys. Toodles. Again. Bye-bye. So if Hamilton gets an NASL team, what should they be called? How about the Hamilton multiple scoregasms? What? Hamilton chicken birds? Soccer tigers. Soccer cats. The Steelers. Tennis Borussia Hamilton. Um, uh. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> the Hamilton Hamiltonians. Ooh, the the Hammies. Uh, the Hamilton Scarecrows. The uh, Tiger Sharks. That's actually not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Don't take that one. <laughs> the Hamilton Rhinos. Hamilton Peacocks. Hamilton SC. Inter Hamilton SC. Are they known for like being a super, super dirty city? Hamilton Stinkies. Hamilton Red Star. Hamilton Worston Cornwall. That good soup, John. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton is that good soup, John. <laughs>